Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. Hi there, Carling here. Whether this is your first episode of this podcast you're listening to, or you're working backwards from the more recent ones, these earliest episodes require a bit of patience, humor, and understanding. These episodes are a time machine back to when I had no idea what I was doing in editing, sound quality, or production. And there were two hosts. We were full of passion, laughter, and a whole lot of trial and error. But here's the thing. These episodes are the essence of my humble beginnings, and I'm hoping that's part of the charm. The raw authenticity that shaped the foundation of this podcast. Although this podcast has evolved and my interview skills and audio quality have vastly improved, the heart and soul of these episodes remain timeless. The stories I shared back then, they still hold significance and are worth hearing. These episodes make me appreciate how far I've come. So thank you in advance for your patience and enjoy. Listen, I want I want Nancy fixed on this podcast next <laughs> That'll be good. Maybe we'll do that. I'll ask her. Well, now that I shared it, I'm sure Nancy will listen. So <laughs> Nancy, if you're listening. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I have such a podcast crush on her. world podcast listeners <laughs> it is michelle and carlin here and we are sitting with my good friend krista um who is a local news producer here in calgary hello krista hello carlin and michelle <laughs> hello. thank you so much Hi. for being on our little tiny podcast i love it thank you for asking me i was really excited um, when Michelle and I were sort of talking about, you know, being stuck at home during a pandemic and we should probably focus on our podcast um, and we were talking about people we would want to talk to, I thought of you right away because um, you're a journalist and you've worked in the media for a long time and I thought you'd have a really cool perspective of how things are unfolding locally and globally um, as it relates to this coronavirus. Yeah, thank you. And I think it's a, an interesting perspective to share. I know that sometimes journalists and the media and the news have a bad rap, but yeah, we're here. We're just like trying to do our best and we're kind of, you know, obviously we have the same concerns and worries as other people, but at the same time, you have to kind of check that at the door and still do your job. So it's a, it's a balancing act. Yeah. So how long have you been um, like doing like journalism, media, all of that stuff? Well, um, so I graduated high school in 2000, and then I went directly into university for a journalism <laughs> degree, actually a communications degree specializing in journalism. And ever since I graduated, I literally went directly into um, the big media. So I started at Metro Newspaper probably in 2006 or seven, And then, yeah, from there, I worked there for about five years, and then I kind of jumped into... Um, there was an awesome 
weekly newspaper magazine type thing called Fast Forward Weekly, and I loved it. And so I was an editor there for a week, and then I found a week, <laughs> a month. <laughs> you loved it. You guys, so I haven't much. finished my you first copy a whole yet. week. Yeah, a whole week. I had all the experience I needed. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, and now I'm retired. So no. <clears throat> yeah. So basically, from there, I went to uh, I worked at City TV News for five or six years. And then I've kind of did some freelancing since then. And now I found myself as a news producer at Global News just for the past few months. And I also work for Canadian Press Page Masters and we do newspaper design and layout. So I kind of do both jobs and still, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. So I've been so a little bit you... everywhere. That's awesome. So are you um, still going into the studio or are you at home now working from home? So right now for the one job, um, the newspaper job, we've recently just grabbed our computers and we're working from home. So I only work there a couple days a week because I was working at Global News. And Mm -hmm. for Global News, it's kind of in flux. I haven't been into the office since last week. Um, And it's definitely, um, I guess it keeps changing every day and we're trying to social distance. But the news producer position itself, you kind of have to be there to work so they're trying different things and trying to separate people and a lot of the reporters are working from home or just from wherever they happen to be for the story and it's just changing every day yeah that's what I noticed too with working um at a bank it's literally every day there's something new that's rolling out and they're just really trying to keep people away from each other and try to come up with the ways to deal with the new normal which I'm sure you're you're experiencing yeah it's almost like it is the new normal and every day you kind of have a different um challenge to overcome whatever it may be but um yeah Mm -hmm. I think it's been tough for everybody but uh in the journalism world it's kind of tough because you have you know the reporter types the news producer types we're just taking this information in 24 7 basically because even when you go home you still watch the news or or read your emails but you kind of have to balance that with still trying to go to work and and be, you know, not scared, but you have to be prepared. And also you have to just deliver the information people need to know. So you kind of have to sift through everything and see what's the most important. Yeah. Um, and being in the share. news, like you guys are considered an essential service, right? Yes. And so, so, yeah, it's got to be, yeah, I guess for both you and Michelle, look, it's interesting because me, uh, my job is to stay at home right now, but your job is to literally like go into the story yeah, I was um, saying that, uh, for example, in the past when we had the flood, you everybody was told to stay home, but we literally, I remember having to actually kind of like sneak my way past the roadblock to get to work because you kind of go to the fire or you go to the flood when other people are kind of yeah. going away to be safe. We kind of go into it. So that was kind of like always my mentality for the past, well, ever since I've been doing this. So And has this like, has... I don't know, like in school, was there a session on like how to cover a pandemic? <laughs> like, like how do you sort of like wrap your head around like taking in all of this information and not just becoming like hiding under your stairs because you're so scared? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm pretty sure we never covered pandemic in school, but um, I think that with that said, I don't think there's been a true pandemic in our lifetime I know there's been epidemics and, yeah. and other crazy things but mm-hmm. I don't think this is the first pandemic so anyway I think you just kind of 
for me, it's weird. Like one day I'm totally fine, like just making jokes and I'm like going to work and acting normal. And then the next day I have a sore throat and I'm like internally panicking and checking my temperature every five minutes. So it's like, I don't know, (laughs) it's a balancing act. And I think it's weird. As I get older, I think I am more worried than I used to be. And obviously when I was younger, to be honest, I think I would, there goes my dog. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) I've got one whining over here too. (laughs) Of course, I have the one that barks left at home. The other two are gone. Sorry. So with that said, um, I did work. I think I was working when SARS happened and when the swine flu happened, but I really don't remember being concerned or worried or anything. But Mm -hmm. this time it just seems a lot different. And I don't know if it's because I'm older, but obviously it is a bigger deal too. Yeah, and it um, feels more but, local. Like I, it never felt like there was a big like H one N one or SARS impact here. Like I, I remember being like, oh, we've got some hand washing stations, but it never felt this. I don't know this big. What is the vibe around when you're in the studio? What is what is the vibe around everybody? Is there everyone's trying to be calm? Is there? I mean, yeah. Um, how do you <laughs> uh, initially? Originally, um, you know, at the beginning, we were just kind of doing our jobs and not really overthinking it. But every day, it seemed like it got worse and crazier. So as -hmm. that happened, I think there was more people just staying home or being told to isolate. So the newsroom was getting more sparse. But the people that are there, I don't know if anyone's really panicking. We're just being more careful. Like we're working further away apart. There's more cleaning, more hand sanitizer. And then, um, yeah, nobody's really panicking. And our news director has been amazing. She she kind of just, I don't know, <laughs> I really admire the way she's handling it. And it seems like we're just kind of taking each thing as it comes. And we're having these meetings and just trying to remain calm and, and just share the information. And I don't think anyone has seemed overly panicked. But, yeah, it's a little glummer. And we, I think we're just kind of getting used to the fact this is going to be our new normal for a while, which is kind of sad. Yeah. 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 It is. It is bizarre. And I guess, like you said, none of us have really experienced this before. So nobody really knows how to act or what what's to come, which is just makes everyone probably feel a little bit unsettled. Yeah. And I think it is unsettling in the sense that, like, we don't know what's going to happen next. But I remember in the Mm -hmm. beginning, every time, to be honest, like, I think I was telling my friends and family how bad this was going to be before it got bad. But back then it wasn't that bad yet. And everyone thought... I was kind of overreacting, but all of us reporters and news people, I think we knew this was coming, but at the time, people probably were like, oh, no, it's fine, but now it is happening to that degree and beyond. Well, because so, you guys probably right. get the information, just you see more information more quickly, um, and then how you guys end up telling the story is like, that's what we end up receiving, but I remember messaging you and telling you that... Um, it was on like a Thursday and I said, Oh, next Tuesday we're having a staff meeting about COVID-19. And you're like, no, that's too far away. Like you should probably hear something before that. And I was like, what? And then later that day, yeah. Yeah, later that day they were like, Oh, we're moving our staff meeting to today. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh, I know. Like right now a day is like a year. He's a witch. Yeah. yeah. Like, to I was of- like shocked that they were waiting that long. And then obviously it happened that day. Yeah. But- yeah, it's really it's really wow. interesting. Um, and I remember you posted something on Facebook um, that you had asked for some, if there was somebody available to help because 
there was like a lady that phoned into the station or something. Do you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, so, <laughs> sure. Um, yes, I do. So, so I, I try, everybody's responsible for answering the phone. I try not to do it because I've only been there a few months and I don't even know half the stuff I need to know. <laughs> but this one day I answered the phone and it was a senior citizen. She's probably about 70. And she just started telling me about how she's alone and she has no help and she's on disability mm. and she was crying. And honestly, I was like near deadline and I couldn't, I was like trying to hurry up and get my work done, but I took her call. So I told her I'd call her back after. And um, so I ended up calling her and I was trying to help her. So basically she needed help moving and getting some groceries. So I couldn't physically do it because I was working a lot, but I, I don't know. I just saw this post on Facebook of this guy. I don't know if I, well, I'll share his first name. His name's Dean. He was helping strangers and just volunteering and I never met him. But anyway, I linked them together and he ended up helping her. And now she still calls me every day. This was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. She calls me every day and she's just so thankful and she wants to have a party, but it's kind of funny because now she's like, oh, the news, they need to know how you helped me and you're an angel and you and Dean and she's calling all the radio stations now and I'm like no 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 oh. you don't have to do that. but she's like no everyone needs to know so it's kind of cute that's really sweet um yeah oh. so it, she just thinks it's a funny story because Dean went to help her and Dean's like oh so how do you know Krista and she's like oh I don't know Krista and then she's like how do you know Krista and he's like I don't know Krista either and it was just funny <laughs> <laughs> and um I just think that speaks to how the city and the communities really come together to help each other out and it's literally strangers helping strangers so it's yeah. actually kind of a cool side story and like how did she end up phoning like why did she phone global was it just sort of like she didn't know who else to call yeah she saw one of our stories about um a group helping people but she doesn't have the internet oh. so she couldn't reach out to them Aww. Yeah, so, and I'm just a sucker. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, sure, I'll help you. Like, it actually reminds me of this other woman I helped about, oh, God, like seven years ago when I worked for City TV. I think her kids lost everything in a flood or something, and it was around Christmas. So I remember, I think I did like a fundraiser and got uh, some money, and we went shopping and bought them all gifts and groceries. And to this day, she still calls me all the time. So it's actually really cute but like if I answer the phone I shouldn't answer the phone I mean it's good (laughs) but I'll be on the phone for like an hour when I'm supposed to work and I'm I'm not sure everybody else would hang out as long anybody listening like when can I phone her when is she working (laughs) I know (laughs) do you need some shopping (laughs) that's so nice no it's good I think a lot of people have this idea that like uh, the news and the media are sort of like arms reach away. And um, I don't know, like they sort of get, I think there's a lot of people that think the media is sort of like spinning lies or sort of like controlling the narrative of the story. Exaggerating. Yeah. And exaggerating. And like, it's nice to hear stories like that because it sort of like humanizes the people that work in the news, um, you know, and not necessarily just like the news anchors that you see on TV, but the people in the background too, that are so like, involved in the community yeah and that gets a little frustrating and I can understand why some people don't always trust the media but I will say like it's funny when people say the media it's like they're grouping every single person into that and really Mm -hmm. me myself and uh, my coworkers were just like average people just working and doing our best to you know get the information out there and help people and um yeah it can be kind of frustrating because 
I know for a fact, like our work, we don't report things that we haven't confirmed twice. Oh, wow. We don't, we, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of this, we weren't allowed to use the word pandemic. We weren't allowed to like fear monger. Like we're definitely not out doing that. And that's why people are like, oh, they're just trying to fear monger. We're actually doing the opposite. Like we don't want to panic people. We just want to prepare them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so that can get pretty frustrating. But the funny thing is I'm actually a bit of a conspiracy theorist (laughs) in my part time. I love that. Like, yeah, mentally. (laughs) So I have a lot of friends that are against the media, but it's also funny that I don't always trust what I hear too. So I can kind of see that aspect, but it's kind of a weird balance to be a journalist and a conspiracy theorist a bit. Not, and when I say that, I use it loosely, like I'm not I don't think people are reptiles and things right. like that. But <laughs> okay, so but there's definitely what do you think about picture. the Earth? Is the Earth flat or round, Krista? It's round. This is, this is, <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh god, this is the podcast right oh, here. Oh god. <laughs> and that was a good chat. Goodbye. It's a very important question. <laughs> no, it's more for me. Just stuff like, um, for example, how this started. I I don't know if I believe how it started. I think it could have been man-made but like that's for another day yeah yeah I think it's really interesting though and I think like that's so I think that is a good perspective to have like you sort of like you're in the media and so you can talk about how like you have to confirm sources twice and you're not about fear-mongering um and then to see the flip side of conspiracy theories is interesting too yeah, and it's a weird little mix because even in my personal life, sometimes I'll read things and I, I could really be swayed with um, facts, I guess, or even just really good theories with evidence. And then I could go back and forth. Like, I'm pretty objective. Like, I could go into an interview and think one thing and come out thinking the other. Yeah. If they mm-hmm. gave me their opinion with some evidence and things like that. So, yeah, I could, yeah, I kind of see like both sides of everything. And do you guys have, like, how does the, how does the news sort of, like, get their sources? So, like, I see, obviously, like, I watch the Prime Minister do his um, address to the country every day, and then he takes questions. So is that sort of, like, the primary way that you guys sort of develop your stories? Um, Not always. Like, for now, we're doing that. But normally, when you interview somebody, you would kind of, like, back it up. Like, you don't want to just take what one one person's saying as fact. But in this case, like, he's directly giving information to the public. But then we'll get reinforcements. Like, maybe we'll talk to a doctor or a a nurse and see what's really happening to compare it. Because, for example, I know we're Canadian, but Donald Trump says stuff all the time that's not true. So in the States, they're constantly, (laughs) like, fixing. What? (laughs) Shocking. I know. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) Um, yeah. yeah, so you're constantly like weighing the information you get and trying to confirm it or maybe not confirm it if it's not true. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's just I can imagine thing. being a journalist in the States and having to deal with the politics and the ugh, some of just the garbage that comes out of people's I mouths. Know. It's like, how it's how crazy. do we how do we confirm this? How do we make a story out of this? Like, how is this even possible it's just and so it's bizarre. actually really dangerous what he's saying and I, not so much mm-hmm. in Canada but a lot of people are taking what he says as fact and the people like journalists in the states are getting death threats they're being attacked nobody believes them anymore and that's really dangerous for things yeah. like this because misinformation is getting out there and now they don't trust the media right 
There's mm-hmm. a hole, and it's just, it's really crazy down there. I just probably like that a little bit here, but not to the same degree. Yeah. Do you find it interesting when you're on social media to sort of, like, I love when somebody posts something that's, like, obviously fake news, and they didn't do their fact-checking. Um, like their like your yeah. aunt or something, yeah. like your aunt will post that. Yeah, the knows, thing about, that, like, oh, if you yeah. gargle with, like, bleach and salt water, you will kill the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it depends on my mood. There's a, for a while, like, um previously I would like personally especially if it was strangers I would oh like make a comment on publicly but lately I've been getting some information from people I know and actually care about and respect so I would private message them and let them know that what they're sharing is not correct and maybe tell them why or right give them yeah I didn't a lot of people are like oh thank you so much I'm sorry yeah some people will probably think I'm like crazy but whatever (laughs) yeah well I think it's so hard when you like you can get your news source from so many different aspects now you know a lot of people just get their news from Facebook so to be able to uh, kind of pinpoint what is real and what is not and what's a a good source and what's not it's got to be probably pretty difficult so I think that you know it, it happens easily where people are spreading stories that aren't true or they quickly read a headline and say oh I got to share this for my family my friends and then when you're reading it, it's like, what the, like, this is oh, not, I know my biggest pet peeve though, is when they're actually sharing the satire sites that are definitely fake and like obviously fake yeah. and they actually believe it. Then I'm like, okay, that's just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like check the website or check the source. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you find, what was I going to ask? I was going to ask something about like print media versus like video media. Like, do you find, do you prefer to work in one versus the other? Um, good question. So I actually, um, I really enjoy, well, obviously writing is my first love. So I'll always love writing the most, but I, at this time it's, um, kind of a dying breed. Like there's not really any mm-hmm. newspapers left. Like Metro was my big one. Um, or even just some of those cool magazines. I still do some online writing, but there's nothing like seeing your name in print. It's awesome. Yeah. And but, you do um, some freelance yeah. writing, right? Yeah, I do a bit more so now I'm doing a lot of blogs and um, online content. It's just kind of where life is now, but I still do some news stories and stuff here and there. And yeah, so there's nothing like writing and it's just like my first love and it kind of comes naturally to me. But I will say my favorite job ever was city TV. Like it was amazing. I love, I'll never replicate this, but the people were amazing. The job was amazing. I was excited to go to work every day. I just would, um, I was technically a reporter, but I wasn't on air. I was just doing the interviews and writing the stories for air. Oh, nice. But it was amazing. Like you just did, every day was different. Like I could literally be at a flames practice and then maybe go to a quick fire, but obviously nobody died. Like that'd be sad. Yeah. But like, then you're just like, who knows what you're doing next. You could be in court or you could be at a press conference. It was just exciting and everything was different. Yeah. So I did love that. Yeah. That was fun. That that is so true though about um written written news that you know we we consume content in such a short amount of time and if you need to sit like and I'm guilty of it too especially with having as many kids as I do if I have to sit down and read an article <clears throat> I'm skimming I'm looking for kind of key phrases and keywords and that's obviously not the way it's intended uh to consume so you know when when you're consuming things in 15 second videos or uh, news clips that's obviously kind of 
the way that the world is going, right? I know, and it's weird because I'll still, to this day, I prefer reading an online article to clicking a video. I rarely watch videos. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I'm just one of the few. Like, I still read the newspaper when I eat breakfast. <laughs> I read magazines. Oh, awesome. Like, I have, like, three or four <laughs> magazine subscriptions. Like, Rolling Stone is my favorite. It's amazing. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm just, like, a dying breed, I think. <laughs> it's, like, literally just yeah. journalists that are reading pretty much yeah and Um, what is it like what is your role as a producer for a news station like what does that mean because you talked about city tv being you were like the one going to interviews and and writing the content but what is it how is it different to what you're doing now oh yeah so what I'm doing now is probably the most challenging thing I've ever done mainly because I actually didn't really ever do this before and it's just so so much responsibility, but basically a news producer, um, it's different variations. So for example, if you're doing the 5 p.m. or the 6 p.m., you're basically starting at 9 a.m. and you're producing all of the stories and the lineup for those shows. Like there's one for each, okay. um, like a producer for each. So, so the five o'clock you have to fill the news. So you're basically planning what you're running, what order you're writing it out, but it's very technical too. You have to do a lot of um coding I don't know it's not really coding but you have to put in like codes for it to go live oh wow Um, so basically if you screw up a code or something you could the screen could go black or you could put the wrong font it's actually (laughs) it's actually nerve-wracking but yeah yeah, so you're basically still doing all the writing but you're also planning it and you're planning the order and you're deciding what to run and you're filling content from different places when when you need to like yeah, it's it's a lot, and I've actually never done it. So I've been there about three months now. That's cool. And I'm starting to get the hang of it a bit, That's, but honestly, yeah. it's still probably the most challenging job I've ever done, and I, I still have so much to learn. And obviously, learning a new job during a pandemic is also an extra stress. So, <laughs> um, so it hasn't been the smoothest. Like but, baptism by fire. <laughs> yeah. Like, I haven't done terrible, but, like, I'm just uh, – I'm someone who, like, really wants to do well and know what I'm doing and not feel mm. – nervous yeah I mean it's a pandemic I can cut myself some slack so (laughs) just a little bit (laughs) (laughs) I think the level of stress that everybody is under no matter what your job is it just adds an extra level of anxiety to our all of our day-to-day so to be in a brand new job and to be in a job that you you know I mean that's a lot of pressure doing what you're doing and so you know the stress of a pandemic has to be just (laughs) Yeah, and it's, um, it is weird. Like, everyone's been amazing, though, and, like, no one has said anything. Like, obviously, I'm doing well enough that, like, no one's saying I'm not. But at the yeah. same time, you don't really have anyone standing there watching everything you do. You just kind of do it. And, I mean, so far, it's gone to air, so I must be doing something right. But <laughs> <laughs> it's still crazy. Like, I don't know. It's such a big responsibility, and it's a lot to learn. But it's pretty cool. Like, everyone's been great and doing the best they can. And the biggest challenge mm-hmm. is just um, I'm kind of – different shifts so I could be working 3 a.m to 11 a.m and then like a couple days later be 9 a.m to 5 p.m so that's the harder part especially for me I'm not a natural sleeper I think a lot I worry a lot (laughs) so going to bed at 6 p.m 7 p.m is tough yeah wow yeah getting off at 11 a.m is amazing I know but then (laughs) I'd be so tired actually I have but then you like sleep for a bit and then you yeah I don't even sleep when I get home no, I just stay up till I have to go to bed again, and even then, I can't fall back asleep. Oh my god, it's crazy! Wow, yeah. wow. Melatonin's my best friend lately. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
one funny thing is um the amount of emails and funny emails you get from people is astounding <laughs> like are they are they meant to be funny or are they like people who are very serious but it's ridiculous yeah both <laughs> you literally i feel bad for the on tv anchors especially the women they get a lot of um you know, like, oh, oh why'd yeah. you wear that? Or, oh, my You just get God. every single email you could think of, and it's one annoying thing. I just think people have to remember that, all, like, the anchors, the news reporters, the producers, we're all, like, people, and we have feelings, and we're just doing the best we can. Yeah. And I think sometimes people are really hard on the media. Like, of course you should be, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, we all go to work, and we all try to do our best, and that's all you can do. So yeah. sometimes we get a lot of flack, and that kind of sucks, but... I guess it comes with the Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, even just seeing like Facebook comments when a, a news source posts an article and and on the comments it's like you're fearmongering or you're a liberal or you're a conservative or like just the ridiculousness of the comments. It's like I couldn't imagine uh working in that field and and yeah, emails I'm sure are just ridiculous. I had a friend who worked for uh one of the political parties and she would get the oh, most yeah. ridiculous emails. It's as true. well from the public and it's like you know they're people and it, like you said everyone just goes to work and does their best and and uh this is what they've gone to school for and this is what they've uh decided to do and and without without the news I mean where would we be so just you know relax a little oh, bit oh yeah I think some people would be shocked like I think this is might be um a time where people see how much media is necessary because like can you yes. imagine if you didn't have somebody telling you what's going on across the world now more than ever, like reliable news sources are so critical because we have so much like satire and fake news and, you mm -hmm. know, like being spread so easily, like wildfire, um, that it's so mm -hmm. important to have news sources you can trust. Even if there was some kind of bias, which I, I truly don't think there is, but even if there was, it wouldn't be at our level. Like we're literally just doing our job. We have no thought process <laughs> behind it. We're just covering the news. Like there's no... I don't know. There's, there's no evil yeah, there's plot no to evil uh, plan throw it. over the government or yeah. anything. <laughs> we don't have time to think about that. Like we're totally working. No. We have very low resources. We're like barely getting through our days. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. But I like, yeah, we don't I have can. time to think about like big plans. So. I just couldn't imagine the amount of, of content you have to sift through on a daily basis to come up with a story, to come up with a, uh, a reliable story from reliable sources that, you know, are going to, capture our attention or that's going to give the information that is needed without the extra you know fear and things like that and then have criticism from uh the public it's just I mean it's the world we live in unfortunately but it it's is just... and, uh, unfortunately right now it is probably all coronavirus all the time but to be honest there's yeah. so many things happening and we do try and put some good news stories in there too usually yeah. more so but um yeah, like, we do share the stories, like, the cute things that have come from this, like, uh, the people, you know, on the balconies applauding the nurses and the doctors, like, those yes. are good stories. Yeah. And that reminds me. And there me, is so much. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, like, even the nurses and the doctors working, like, we're also trying to show people the real story. And a lot of people don't believe what the politicians are saying, but then you talk to a nurse or a doctor and they're telling you, like, they don't have the equipment and they're tired and they're working 18 hours a day like those are true stories like we we don't make that up yes I think it's so important to show to show the good that's that's coming out of all this and and you know there's always going to be negative and there's always going to be people who take advantage of the situation but 
to see the the people in the community who are really coming together. I mean, just myself alone, uh, being, you know, a single mother of five, I've had people drop off food at my house, treats to surprise my kids. I had a lady in Costco, uh, give me her toilet paper. Like it's just, there is good happening. And I think everyone is just really trying to work together to get everybody through this. And of course there's going to be people who, who aren't, but to kind of showcase the good because the, the, the negative is going to probably get more attention, get more, more coverage. Right. But there's, there's a lot of good happening too. And I'll say one thing I will probably never say again, but I'm I'm not always in support of all the politicians and the way they do things. But I think everyone, Mm -hmm. even including politicians are doing the best they can with something that's unprecedented and, Yes, there's some Absolutely. slip ups, there's things we could do better, but literally we're all kind of learning as we go because we've never gone through this, you know, well, in a long yeah. time. So, yeah, I think everyone's just doing, the, well, for the most part, doing the best they can. There's slip ups, there's mistakes, yeah. but we just have to learn from them and keep going forward. So, yeah, and I've always been grateful and trying to, um, I love life. Like, I want to live forever. Like, I'm very grateful for everything I have, but sometimes this made me realize some of the little things I took for granted and, when everything's back to normal, mm-hmm. you know, as normal as it'll be, I just think of all the things I'm like so grateful for to get back to. What do you think is the number one thing that you didn't think you took advantage of or that you're most grateful for? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Actually, just my health. I think it's kind of scary to worry every day about health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it makes me want to just be healthier and like do like, you know, obviously lose the weight you want to lose and just be healthier and. I don't know. It's just kind of a strange feeling to be worried so much about a little cough or a little sore throat. And you probably didn't feel that before this, but I think it just makes me want to be healthier when we come out of this and like not have to worry. I don't know. That's kind of a lame one, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true though, because they're, everyone's afraid to cough in public or sneeze in public because you don't know what it is or what people are going to perceive it to be. And like, even my boss yesterday at work was coughing and we're all looking at her. She's like, don't worry. I'm just choking on my food. And we're like, oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. I literally choked a few days ago and I couldn't breathe. And I think everyone thought I had coronavirus, but I was actually choking to the point where yeah. like, I coughed it out of my mouth. And like, it took and me about just, 10 like, minutes to that you were choking. I was like, yes, don't worry. I was just choking. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably worse. Um, um, probably. I think we should interview your wife, Ashley because I'm sure she didn't sign up for giving you a haircut and I saw that happening on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everybody that knows me knows I love my hair and I like, you know, I get the, (laughs) my hairdresser Janice, she's amazing and I don't think I let anybody else touch my head. Shout out. (laughs) Um, But right now, like, yeah, it was getting really long and scraggly and Ashley, she's a trooper. She did it and she actually did a pretty good job. Good. That's I know. Awesome. I keep telling Lindsay I mean, she's gonna have to. She's gonna have to fix my undercut because it's getting real long. I know. I was thinking we'd all come out of this with like really long hair when we're done, like <laughs> down to our butts or something. Well, I saw that meme where it's like everyone coming out of quarantine and all their nails are grown out and their uh, hair, their roots are showing, and <laughs> like yeah. all the things that people do for maintenance and they can't do right now. You know, the one thing I want to do first when this is all over, I actually want to get more tattoos. It's funny. I'm like, I can't wait to get oh, my next yeah. tattoo. I'm yeah. Like, I don't have and, enough. But... but like suddenly you realize that you can't go get a tattoo and you're like, oh, well, I really want one right now. Though. 
Okay, so the next video is going to be Ashley giving you an at-home tattoo? Oh, or? yeah, maybe we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's no, amazing. Guys, funny. this is so exciting. I'm like, I'm so thankful that you were so excited to be on our little podcast that nobody's heard yet. Yeah, no, it's great. I'm so glad that it was with you guys. And um, yeah, I love it. And I'm really excited to hear this one and all the others you do. Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, Krista, thank you. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Krista. I'm excited. Thank you so much. I can't wait to hear it. Carling. <laughs> we just recorded our first like um remote interview. Yeah, I think, I think it went, went pretty really... well. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Zencaster Woo-hoo. who is helping facilitate this for us. This episode brought to you by Zencaster. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I thought it was really neat. We interviewed Krista, who is a journalist and producer for a local news station. And it was really interesting to kind of like talk to a human behind the media. Yeah, I think it's probably very interesting right now to have a job in the media and to just try to suss out all the information and all the all the all the pandemic stuff. Yeah. My biggest fear now is that I'm going to put it into our editing software and it won't have recorded properly. Oh, Lord, (laughs) that would suck. Um, so if you're hearing this, listeners of podcast, um, we did it. It worked. Yay, so, yeah. Yay. I mean, um, I love that we like literally don't even know how to do this. And now we're like just recording remotely and editing things and having people join our, our interview. Yeah. I think I that's know. Like, pretty who crazy. Who are we? I don't know. See us at PodX. Uh, I that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our episode. And please, if you love us, subscribe. You can listen to us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And also, don't forget to like us on the socials. We are on Instagram at I did not sign up for this dot podcast and on Facebook at I did not sign up for this. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey there, welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap.